Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Welcome to Football by the Sea. I'm your host, John. And I'm your host, G-Day. Just mind my voice. I have a little bit of cold, but uh, sorry for missing last week. Just a lot of things were happening, but we're back. Uh, much we have two weeks of games to make up for, but we will try to squeeze in everything as much as possible. Yeah, um, uh, 100,000 apologies. I mean, last week we were going to cover the North London Derby. Uh, we were unable to, and then... There were a lot of big games last week, two derbies, and then this week again. Um, more big games. Um, the big one, obviously, Arsenal v. Liverpool, which completely delivered on all fronts, in my opinion. Um, yeah, where do we start? Uh, you know, let's just, I guess, whenever we get to a team, we'll see if we can get both their games, at least for the, for the big, uh, big six clubs. So starting with Arsenal who, although everyone has been saying that they haven't played anyone, and with that goalpost keep moving, right now they've played two out of the, well, they've played three technically out of the big six teams. They lost one away, and they've won the other two at home. So I'm just eager to see what other excuse people are going to come up to say, oh, Arsenal haven't played anybody, blah, 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 because they played Liverpool yesterday, and they deserved all three points. They bullied Liverpool, they still had some mix mistakes in their game that allowed Liverpool back into the game, but then they have amazing plays in that team. You can't never write them off. But uh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, um, it was quite, it was one of the, I think, um, most entertaining games so far this season, just in terms of both teams um, really wanted to go for the win. And I, coming into the game, um, Arsenal have had this sort of hoodoo against Liverpool where there's a mental block in the way that Arsenal approach uh, Liverpool. There's a fear there. And and uh, last season, Liverpool um, won like three times against Arsenal and Arsenal got like one draw. And I think that was in the League Cup or something. And from the time that Klopp has been there, um, he's had Arsenal's number. And yeah, uh, the yeah, the commentator done. early on said there's a reason why this is the highest scoring match in Premier League history because whenever Arsenal and Liverpool play together, there's always goals. Um, and this one didn't disappoint. I mean, the way it started was just phenomenal. You know, like I was, uh, it's Sunday, so I'm in church in the morning and I'm busy working and all of a sudden, like, someone comes up to me who is also an Arsenal fan. And he just shows me his phone. And he shows me the scoreline. And this is one minute after the game starts. And I see 1-0 to Arsenal. And we're standing next to a Liverpool fan who, who, who is mean. notorious for tormenting us. And, you know, I would say one thing Liverpool fans kind of do to Arsenal fans is they kind of, like, they kind of try to sun Arsenal fans a bit like, oh, like your little bro. And they've been doing that for years now. But it was just funny seeing the game, like immediately the game started and he showed me the scoreline and we were next to Liverpool fan and he couldn't say anything to us. <laughs> I like, my mouth was open. I was like, what? He's like, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was, uh, I guess it was the perfect start. It, I pretty much the, it's what Arsenal has been doing all season so far, you know, starting really high intensity. Or pretty much what Liverpool has been doing to Arsenal for the last couple of years is what Arsenal pretty much turned it back on them. And yeah, it just went straight to it. Like boom, boom, boom. Like I think it's the fastest goal Arsenal has scored in a Premier League game since 2011. Wow. And one thing that I really like was the versatility of uh, the play from Arsenal in that they're able to defend well as a team, even though they did let two goals in. And, and we're going to talk about that, um, the mistakes that were made there. But the thing is that you can never write off Liverpool. But but what they did is that they, they get back so quickly and, and defend very well. Um, I remember the All or Nothing, one of the episodes where Arteta asked the players to close their eyes and imagine where uh, each player is supposed to be on the pitch so that they know where they should be positioned whenever someone has the ball or is pressing. 
and you could see the interchange between all the players, like from defending to uh, uh, counterattack to ball possession. So that versatility is really starting to show this season in, in, in the way the team plays. Yeah, you you could really see the progress of everything. But, you know, looking back from last season and some of the way Arsenal was trying to play, and you could see what you could see what the game plan was, what they were trying to achieve. But then, I guess apart from also getting the right players in, also the players who've been there for a while now playing under uh, Ateta also, I guess, really, do, <clears throat> really doing what he's asking them or they understand what he's asking better. And they're able to not just understand it, but also apply it better. Yeah. Um, and, and again, the, the additions that they made in the offseason have yeah, made so such a huge difference. Yeah, those additions plus the players who've, who've been with him. So, like, so it's like everyone is on the same page in the team. And it's, uh, it's paying huge dividends. Huge, huge dividends. Uh, it, it, was, it was just great to just have a win over Liverpool. Although the, the win came off with uh, a lot of controversy. A lot of controversy because of some refereeing decisions. Because first off, the handball in the first half that when Jota played the ball and it came off uh, Gabriel, the defender's hand. Like I've seen those given, and if if it was given, I probably wouldn't have argued against it. But I still thought it would have been harsh because he's right next to the player and then yeah. he, he plays the ball up. And the reason why you know stuff like that has annoyed me for years because. I know a player who used to do that a lot, although he doesn't play for Liverpool anymore, it was Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane... Sadio Mane, he was a very good player, but I think he was very smart and devious in a way a lot of people didn't realize. Yeah, he... he I was very glad that he wasn't playing in this game because... Like he was notorious for for getting those little fouls in without the referee yeah. noticing, like elbows he, left and right, and and no, not even just the elbows. A couple of I remember, uh, yeah, I think it was a season they won the league when uh, they were playing against uh, Brendan Rodgers, uh, Leicester, and it was close to the last minute, and he just like sort of crossed the ball back because it was at the it was at the byline, and it just. He, it looked like he was smart enough to just play it back towards the area where the defender's hand would be, and they were given a penalty. And I was just, I was like, oh my goodness, that is so harsh. Yeah. But but then looking at it, it was like, because there was no one back for him to play the ball to. I was like, wait, this dude did that on on purpose. Like, he he's smart enough to know that, like, you know, I just need to play it towards the the player's hand. If he hits it, then the ref has to make a decision. So you could say it's conniving, but you could also say he's playing the system. Yeah, he's he's cheating the system, and, and he knew how to do it better than most players. He, he knew how to do it very well. So that's why if it was given a, uh, as a penalty, I probably wouldn't have had much to complain about because, you know, there were some weird handball decisions in this game. Like, I don't know if you saw the highlights for the uh, West Ham-Fulham game. Uh, I think it was Antonio... Straight up, he had he was literally playing basketball. Like I, I don't know how that didn't get uh, taken out because I think the rules that when, if you it hits a player's hand and it leads directly to a goal scoring goal, then it has to be uh, yeah, it taken has to off. be chucked off when it's like you know the 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 attacking play when it's their hand for uh, for their goal, and that one, I don't think it's subjective at all. But yet somehow VAR didn't do anything. And also in the uh, Manchester United Everton game, yeah, I think, uh, was it Rashford who was on goal? I think, or whether it was uh, it was Anthony. Pretty much, the defender blocks the ball, it rises up, and he hits his arm, and then he goes on to score. And then it was completely accidental. Right. He jumped, and his hand is in a natural position. That's why, I like, when they say well, it has to be in a natural position, sometimes when you jump for the ball. Anywhere your hand your your hand is in the air is a natural position for yeah, you to it, keep your balance. Because what the rules are when you make your your if you make your body bigger by extending your arms outward, then it's an unnatural position according to the rule. But the thing is that when you're running, no, you think, the natural no, movement of your arms is that they they kind of come out. Yeah, like they come. This. No, but I think that was supposed to apply for like a tackle because we've seen some tackles where like someone goes in for a tackle, but then they spread themselves like a goalkeeper. Right. You'd be like, okay, yeah. He's making himself artificially bigger with, with their arm, with his arms. 
But the, I don't know if you saw the one for the uh, I know uh, Newcastle beat Brentford five one. Mm-hmm. The goal that Brentford scored was a penalty by uh, Ivan Tony. Mm. How they got the penalty was well, I think it was from a corner, and uh, Brighton player just headed the ball back, and uh, Newcastle player pretty much he jumped ahead of the ball but he missed it completely. So he's falling back down. His hands are in the air. He doesn't even know that someone, or maybe he knows that someone behind him. But the person just heads back across goal. And you know, when you're coming down from a jump, your yeah, your arms actually are, go up yeah. in the air. And the boy hits his hand and he's given, and the penalty is given. Yeah, I'm it like, was, it, it just it's like the problem again. Like we said, is 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 the the lack of consistency. You know, um, and yeah, because like I was looking, I, I don't think the ones in the Arsenal game were that controversial. No, they were like, not that crazy. The, the one that uh, Jesus got, you could say it wasn't a hard hit, but the, the penalty. Um, but from uh, Thiago. Thiago does kick through his leg to the ball. Yeah, you and the thing is that soft. we have seen those given. So the thing is, for you no, know, I, I still think it's soft, but yeah, but the thing is that if you're saying it's tackle, soft, though. then exactly, it's, it's still, still the contact, tackle. right? Yeah, it, there's the contact, and there's still the tackle because he's trying to hit the ball, but he doesn't get any of the ball. He gets all. Yeah, of he the gets the, the leg. leg. Yeah, and if you go, if you get the leg, and like it, your your it, stud it, is a bit up, then you know. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. And then you could say that he milked it, but any striker in the world would have done exactly what Gabriel Jesus did. Even speaking of Jesus, Lucky was okay because early in the first half he got a nice elbow to the face from. Uh, yeah, um, I don't, that 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 was accident. I thought it was accidental. I don't know why anyone would think it was uh, it was on purpose. It's like you know, we said when you're running, your arms go around, and it looked like he had passed out. He, on the, He's a player that causes so much havoc for opposing defenders, and he tormented. Van Dyke um, and yeah, uh, Van Dyke has not been having a good season in a Liverpool shirt. Everyone at, at the back, like he, you could see him, Martinelli and Saka really put the the attack on their backs. Uh, oh yeah, they they tormented Liverpool. I mean, uh, Martinelli was he was unplayable. He was unplayable. He, yes, he, he, Trent had to come off at halftime. It was insane. Like I mean, I think Trent did have a bit of an injury as well because I think there was a pass that Martinelli tried to play. And then I think after after he played the pass, his momentum just took his foot into Trent. Right. But the thing is that I think but it was Trent kind of a still good thing having... that he had to get taken off because he was getting cooked. It, like it was it was bad. Yeah. No. Trent Trent did not have a good game. Pretty much Liverpool didn't have a good game because even looking at at it back, for some of the goals Arsenal, well the second goal especially, if when you look at the Liverpool midfield as running back, they're literally just jogging back. Yeah. And you look at. Uh, Dominino who actually had a pretty good game who was all the way in attack he rounds past his own midfielders to try to get back to block the ball right and it's like and it, seeing that I was like okay there's something wrong with the midfield at Liverpool right now the, their midfield is completely attack, empty your, ta- your attack should not be outrunning your midfield to get to, the, to help the defense yeah but, but yeah I mean yeah I think it was, it was it was two things Arsenal were pretty good Liverpool were actually not bad I, I, was, I would say this is the best I've seen them play yeah. this season I, so far, yeah, actually. After Arsenal scored early, I'd say between they, the they, time of, of yeah. the equalizer and until Arsenal retook the lead, they were playing really well. Yeah, they think, had like the more possession. When I looked at the first half stats, they had like about yeah, 70, yeah, they had almost up to, 70% up to 70 possession. Percent possession. Which I was like, wow, that's crazy because we were at home. So yeah, I think they our, responded well to Arsenal going ahead. They responded well. And I think... Um, uh, what's his name? Diaz getting an injury, who it seems like he's gonna be out until December right now. Yeah, that 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 took a uh, toll that on them. Yeah, because he he was the spark for them. But uh, then they Salah they brought on Firmino, and when they brought on Firmino, I was like, I can't tell if this is a good thing or a bad thing, just because, like we we know he can score against Arsenal, and like he's a tricky player. But at the same time, I was like, Luis Diaz has also been instrumental in the game for them so yeah but it was an injury that forced his hand it was a bit of a double-edged sword there um because Firmino did eventually score and and that's the thing with Liverpool is that you can't write them off because they started the second half like Arsenal came out the gate looking for to secure the the, win the second half was all Arsenal yeah but then uh Liverpool were not in it it was just that one moment of lapse and that's what I'm saying is that you can never write them off because they have the way they move the ball around is still so good that 
they could have one moment and they could get in behind and and uh, score a goal. And that's what Firmino did. And again, that's that comes from Arsenal being a little bit, uh, you know, not paying attention at the back. Yeah, it's, it's lapses in, in concentration. Pretty much both Liverpool goals were mistakes by Arsenal, while pretty much Arsenal goals were pretty much them sort of kind of playing on the counter, though. The first goal was kind of like a, on the counter, and so was the second goal. They, they, I guess they're also learning to use those those powers as well. You know, utilize the speed of of their attackers. I mean, on, on the Liverpool side, and Salah was anonymous again. Listen, the the, the tactical battle between Klopp and uh, uh, Arteta was clearly won by Arteta because when you looked at the lineup, I was a little bit skeptical when I saw. No, I was entirely surprised when I saw Tommy Asu. So I started thinking, is did Tierney get injured during training? Right, but, but then, then Tierney was on the bench. He was on the bench, and then I didn't, like, I, I didn't understand it. But then I think I saw someone said that oh that it might be a tactical decision since Salah is a left-footed player, mm. putting a right-footed player there to defend him. And, because, and you know, Salah always, always cuts, it, yeah. cuts into and, the left. And Liverpool is so notorious for those long balls um, from Trent and the other defenders. Yeah, yeah. So he said, Always so, going to Salah, always going to Salah. Yeah, so having a right-footed player there makes it easier yeah. a little bit to defend against. I think and and also I think Tomiyasu is quite tall as well. So and he's like MB ambidextrous. Like he's one of the most versatile I would say right now fullbacks for me in the league in that he can no. use his left and right foot equally Equal, well. And it, I think what shocked me is that I'm surprised that he plays left center mid for Japan. Yeah. And he's playing right back for for well no for well, Arsenal. I think uh, before he came to Arsenal it was I was it Atlanta Bologna. He was Bologna. Yeah, so for at Bologna, he played right back and right center half there. Right. And then for Japan, for he, Japan plays he plays left, left center, center half. <laughs> and so he can now also... And so he can also play... Le- he can play across the entire... The entire... Back four. Back four. I mean, think about how... How he, many players can you say that in the entirety of Europe's top no, five leagues? The funny thing is, you don't normally hear that for defenders. Usually, you hear that for attackers that would yeah. play anywhere across the front three. But then for a defender that can play pretty much practically every defensive position. And not only that, he's probably Arsenal's maybe their best one-on-one defender um, So in terms of duels. So he can uh, basically lock someone in. And that's what he did with Salah. Salah. Salah had to go off eventually. And it was weird because Klopp then put Henderson on the right-hand side. So I, I don't know... What happened with that? <laughs> so, uh, uh, a friend just sent me something pretty funny. Say Liverpool are tenth in the league with ten points on the tenth day of the tenth month after selling their number ten to the team who won ten league titles in a row. Jeez, Louise! Like uh, I don't know how people come up with yeah, like stuff I don't know like that, people... but like you just have to applaud the creativity. But yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about Arsenal, Liverpool, and just to touch on last week with Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal versus Tottenham. I, I don't think anyone was really surprised that Tottenham get battered every time they come to the Emirates Stadium. Yeah, I, I think um, what people were using as a way to, you know, big Diminish. up Tottenham was the fact that they had gone unbeaten so far in the season. And, uh, you know, but the thing is that everyone had also said we haven't really seen them have a great performance yet. And, but the things that they had and, and what everyone was saying that okay if they're not playing this well and they're getting all these goals and they're still doing well then it's going to be uh, you know they're going to be able to cause Arsenal a lot of trouble that was not the case at all like it, it, it kind of exposed no. them in my opinion a little bit I mean you could say the, the two games were similar in that after Arsenal took the lead uh, Tottenham got back in, into the game and if they had a better final ball they probably could have taken the lead after after equalizing, but they didn't have a good final ball because they've been pretty much. They don't have a creative player who can really, really, you know, utilize the the power of that front three. And I think it goes beyond that too. I think tactically, what um, Conte is doing there just doesn't suit the players that they have as a whole. Like, yes, you can have. You can defend 
seventy percent of the game and then go on the counter and score a couple goals. But the thing is that when those uh your attacking players are off it that day, like so what is your other option? Because if you're just being pinned back the entire game you know, with Conte I think there's another option and I think that is because he just doesn't trust these players to do anything else. I don't think he believes you're good enough because when he was at Chelsea and he switched to a four three four I think he had someone like Fabregas in the midfield who could ping passes and then he had, uh, I think, was it Matic that was next to him? I can't remember that. No, I think he, he switched to a three. No, no, when it was at Chelsea, when he won the league at Chelsea, he switched to a 3-4-3. Three, three. You know, you said 4-3-4. Four, four. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, my mistake. I meant to say a 3-4-3, three, three, but uh, so I'm saying uh, at least when he had that, he had someone creative in, in the midfield. Yeah. Who could utilize, you know, people like... Uh, Hazard, Costa. But the thing is, it's not like, point. yes, those, I would say overall, the, the team that he had at Chelsea was better. But yeah, he, had he had guys like, he, he had guys like, you know, um, uh, Victor Moses playing like incredibly well. Not every player on that team was insanely amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, he had players that could fit that system at Chelsea. And I think at Spurs, he's, because maybe he's seen that these players are not. He doesn't have anybody at Spurs at the level of like, not just at the level, but anyone who has the same qualities as like a Fabregas mm. or anyone who has the same qual- qualities as like a Hazard who could win the game or not. Yeah, they have Harry Kane and Son, but Son only seems, so, I don't know what's up with Son this season. It seems like he's only had like 16 minutes of, of, of one good game. Right, and it was against Leicester, and I think that that's sort of the contrast with like Trent in midweek when he played well against Rangers. But then I was like, that doesn't mean he's back. Like you know, Arsenal are a completely different proposition to those other teams, and uh, we can we can see like uh, the result of that. Yeah, you can. I mean, you know, while we're in Tottenham, we should also mention the game. They won one nil away from home against Brighton, and then before going to Further, didn't you saw the news about the Brighton player who had to retire? Um, no, I, I forgot his name. He's uh, I think he's only been there for uh, for a year. Yeah, wow, what uh, happened? So they did some medical, yeah, scan, and apparently he has like a heart issue. Oh, wow, so they said the best thing for him to do is to, is to retire, and he's only 24 years old. I never even heard of this, it was just announced today. Oh jeez. Um so yeah, that's you know and I um football is one of those sports where um and and, and he's heart conditions are are very uh common. And, and he's a good young player, a boy from Zimbabwe and you know, he's uh I think you said uh, Zambia out there. Am I getting Z- that yeah, wrong? Yeah, 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 Zambia. He's Zambia. Yeah, so uh, no, he he came out with the news today, and uh, oh, that's that's so unfortunate. He, he's he's the one that scored against Arsenal last season and against Brighton. No, he's he, he's one of their um, he's a key player in their team. I know because I always see him on the team sheet. Um, that's, yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, very sad. And let's see. Well, if you going uh, going back to Tottenham, yeah, going back to the game though, it was. They 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 scrapped that one. They scrapped that like, one. I I had this game on in the background and I wasn't paying attention. I was falling asleep. Like it was uh, it was bad. Like Tottenham were literally just pretty much Tottenham were doing what they've been doing all season. Just you know try to play on the counter and the counter in this game was terrible. Yeah, they weren't even playing that part well. Uh, Brighton deserves something from the game, but it is what it is. They won and. And 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 kudos to Brighton, man. Like their whole management of the team is—you can see the coach like has come into a system that's that's like moving like a well-oiled machine. Because now it makes sense to me why they were so like they weren't fighting hard to keep uh, Potter because they've just kind of continued how they were going before. You yeah, know? I think they. They built a specific culture at the at the club, and then they just went looking for a manager that fits that culture. Yeah, rather than bringing someone in who's just going to uh, change everything up. Yeah, and 
So so yeah, kudos to them. I, I think they'll they'll definitely be in like maybe maybe the top eight this season. Yeah, they could definitely be in the top eight. Yeah, but Spurs scrappy win. Um, you know they they held on to the end, and let's see how they continue moving. Yeah, let's see how they. I mean, with Spurs, it just looks like one. If they lose that front three, or if that front three is not doing anything, there are no goals in that team. Yeah, because yeah, it's it, it's boring to watch. I remember back in the day when they used to say boring, boring Arsenal. When they used to sing one nil to the Arsenal, because yeah, George Graham, yeah, days. George Graham was very defensive. Just saying, maybe it, it's Spurs' time to go through that as well. I mean, listen, they've been going through it since uh, Mourinho was there, so it, it kind of feels like th- it's just continued now with Conte. Um, but hey, the season is is still young. Yeah, yeah, it's still young. It's not so young, but it's still young. I mean. Nine nine games is, is quite a is quite an amount of games. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next one, Newcastle five, Brentford one. I was not uh, uh I was not expecting this, but uh, Newcastle are. I think they're sort of going under the radar, which I think works better for them, because even though they have all this money, they're not just splashing it and bringing names. They're slowly doing things right. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle, what can you say? Good performance for them. Uh, Brentford seemed to be faltering a bit in the past couple game weeks. Uh, I don't know what's happened to them, but listen, hopefully it's not the second season syndrome and they can bounce back. Uh, But Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle are doing their thing. I'm not sure, was it this game or the game last week that the team that Newcastle played got a red card? I think maybe it was was last last week. week, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. Now this uh, West Ham Fulham game, uh, we're just looking at the highlights here. There was like two handball controversies for two goals. First of all, the one that Skamaka scored um, because and the one with an- uh, Antonio. And, and, and Antonio, I mean, um, no, because if you rewind and you check the uh, goal before this one. Yeah, I know this Gamako one was was weird. Yeah, and and it's funny because and this is why people get frustrated because and then the the Antonio one later on where it looked like he was playing basketball um with the ball before it went into the net. It's it's this is why people are always upset at the Premier League refereeing because if you look at the Arsenal game, then you now look at this game and and the the difference. We people just want the decision to be one thing about handball or, or to be one thing about offside or whatever it is. And uh, that wasn't the case here because both situations, both players, the ball hit, hit their hand and they scored directly from that. And the rule says that you're not allowed to do that if the attacking player scores. So I, I don't understand how those situations were able to stand as well. Because then in on the same day yesterday, Rashford scored a goal where the ball hit his chest and I think it hit his arm and that one was ruled for a uh, handball and it, the goal was taken away so yeah I, I think we're, we, we we just need to get used to having these referee mistakes because I think um, VR was supposed to come in to reduce human error but then it's still humans running VR so it's I, just, I, I think yeah. what VR does is it makes the human error look even worse. I think that that's 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 all we can say at this yeah, point. Yeah, because the technology is is the technology, right? Yeah, because you know if you have a chance to, it's like literally you have an opportunity to go back in time and fix a mistake. But it's like you you have that time machine to look back, you see the mistake, but then you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna deal with the deal yeah. with the terrible butterfly effect, but. Yeah, we can't say much. And, and more again, I'm going to keep advocating for the refs to to be able to say why they made the certain decision, like they do in in other sports. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, West Ham beat uh, Fulham three uh, one. Crystal Palace beat Leeds two one. That 2-1. was a good game. Um, Crystal Palace finding going back to winning ways because they were they were going down the table. Yeah, um, and uh, as you mentioned, United Everton. Uh, it will be with an amazing goal. <laughs> you know, it was funny when I was watching uh, highlights of uh, the Emirates Stadium out after the 
Liverpool win um, when it will be scored. Uh, I think the Arsenal fans are singing, he's one of our own. He's one of our own. <laughs> Which was a bit funny. Um, but yeah, that was but a really, that was a worldie that he scored. Um, and and over the past couple of weeks at Everton, he's been to me their best player. Yeah, he's been he's been playing uh, ever since he got switched to the central midfield role. He's been he's been really good. Yeah, he's found new life in that position. And, and yeah, but unfortunately, United got back into the game and kind of just shut them down until like I think until late into the second half when they were losing and then trying to get back into the game. But United held on mm. for the win and also. Congrats to Ronaldo. 700, 700 goals. goals. Yeah. Like, yeah, people, people, as much as people on the internet and the media slate Ronaldo, like, uh, he's, it almost feels like he's become an easy target. And what he's done. I'll say, yeah, he's become an easy target, but pretty much, I don't think any other person is going to repeat what he does. Yeah. Because they're even looking at it right now. If Haaland is to catch up to the number of goals he scored, Haaland has to score at least 46 goals every season for the next 16 years. Like, that's insane. To get up to that number. That's insanity. Like, so, you know? So, so, I mean, like, when they say greatest players of all time, like, Ronaldo can pretty much make an argument for himself. Ronaldo, Messi, Maradona, Pele. Pele like, these people have done stuff that I don't think anyone is going to repeat yeah um and and as great as Holland is right now like yeah it will take a while to to reach or even or as good as Mbappe is it, it will take so long to even get it to that level um oh, yeah it's, it's gonna take a long time and well the main thing is that United won and yeah. so I think they're in the top top six now I think they're, they're in fifth or sixth right now I have uh, to see on Let the see. table and uh, if we quickly go through some of Saturday's games, uh, Bournemouth beat Leicester. Uh, they came from a go down to beat Leicester, and um, yeah, Bournemouth without a manager beat Leicester with a manager. Bournemouth without a manager has been playing better than Bournemouth with a manager. And apparently, they have a new uh, American owner. It, it kind of seems like this is where the the rich Americans uh, are coming to play now. Yeah, it feels like oh, this is the new cool thing to own. Uh, is a is a is a football club. Yeah, and, and see what else. Then uh, uh Diego Costa's welcome back at Stamford Bridge was a three 0 loss to Chelsea. Chelsea um playing decently, man, and, and yeah, different Chelsea, lineup. Yeah, they're slowly getting it right. They, they asked Graham Potter about that, and it was like, it, it's a long season, and there's no way he can just stick to eleven players. And it's like, mm, yeah, it um, I think Pulisic got a goal, or was it an assist? I'm not sure. Uh, he got a goal. He got a really good goal. It was a nice one too. Yeah, so so good for him. Um, you know, because he'll need that ahead of the World Cup to get to get back into playing form. Yeah, and uh, as we all predicted, Man City tossed aside Southampton four nil. Um, just before we even go to that, uh, I don't know if you saw the comments that were, um the leaked sort of comments about the, that Aubameyang had made or something. Yeah, we can let's finish the games first. All right, all right. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, yeah, Man City dispatched Southampton. No surprises there. Um, I'm just waiting for Southampton to fire their manager. So. <laughs> no, the funny thing, I, I thought this was a game that could have been another 9-0, and I was like, if this is another 9-0, they're going to fire this guy. But it wasn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him there. Um, yeah, so those were uh, the main games from this past week. And I know we missed the week before, but, you know, this week, the stuff that happened this week were just that much that, you know, we'll we'll get back to them at some point. And so, anyway, as you said, yes, when it comes to the Aubameyang thing, I, I saw a little bit of it where he said uh, um, about Arteta saying he prefers young players. And... I know people are saying that it's a dig, blah blah, but I mean, he was it was rec- he was it was leaked or something. Recorded yeah, it was leaked, but to me, I don't. Why was that conversation even being recorded in the first place? <sighs> it, it looked like a place where a couple of guys were just chilling. So why was one of the people chilling there recording a conversation? Yeah, you gotta. Be and careful. the other thing is that, like, 
I don't think what Aubameyang said is that controversial. No, I don't think so either. Because I think most managers would want players that won't just question their tactics and will listen to what they say. Yeah. I mean, because, because okay, if if we lay out the facts, if you have, let's say, like, you know, a big-time player there or something, he's going to feel like, yo, 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 I've, I've been like... Uh, in, uh, sorry about that. Uh, he'll be like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. You're just starting managerial stuff and you're trying to tell me what to do. Like, I know better. I've been in those situations. And and I can... I mean, it, it, it's it's the one thing that they leveled against uh, Unai Emery when he was at PSG, that he couldn't control the Neymars and the Mbappes or whatever. You know, all those big-time players that he needed a group of players where there were no egos. That yeah. applies to most managers. Only maybe Klopp and Pep Guardiola and maybe even Antonio Conte and I think maybe Jose Mourinho are the managers right now that can tell any player no matter how big the player is that yo sit down shut up and drink water and, and listen to me yeah um, I would say the same thing and um, yeah I don't think it's that crazy or controversial it's just like why was that getting leaked out it's ridiculous um, that's for about to see who he's around and everything. No, he probably knows he was in the room. Yeah. And you could tell probably the person who was sitting to his right was the one <laughs> doing it with the phone. So, yeah, I think that that's something that would be easy for him to deal with. I mean, he came out with a tweet saying that well, he said that when he still had a lot of bad feelings, but he, see, he sees the team doing well and he wishes them nothing but the best. Yeah, I don't... Like, Aubameyang doesn't hate Arsenal. Like, that's... Yeah, that's the thing. His hate is not for Arsenal. It's for the pers- the people in charge. Yeah, the fans still have sort of love for him. I mean, he has an Arsenal tattoo on his arm with him and his children walking through the. And the funny thing is that you know, even whenever Arteta has been asked about it in public, at least he he's always saying uh, he's never said bad things, you know, uh, about him. So yeah, yeah I it think makes sense because you know you don't need you don't need the the, the extra drama or, yeah. or anything that that it could bring. It's. I think yeah, it's just. I think some people just weren't satisfied that they didn't have enough story of news what for the week, <laughs> and so it just needed something. And so you know, the person like that, saying now oh, that he needs young players are listening. Like duh, <laughs> that's the thing. I was like, who? Which manager wouldn't want that? Yeah, but and the things that is working out for Arsenal, so it, it can't really yeah. say anything in that case. Um, I, we forgot one game that happened today. I think it was New um, Nottingham Forest and uh-huh. uh, Aston Villa, or yeah, I think it ended one-one. Not nothing much to write home about that game. Yeah, I mean, see if you look at the table, it, it doesn't change much. Leicester is still <laughs> still at the bottom. Four points. Yeah, you would think they would have kicked on after beating. Forest last week, like yeah, Forrest trashing is, them. Forest is right next to them, so I don't think that <laughs> made much of a difference. I but I mean, well, it was a local derby for them. Well, I'm not sure if it was a local derby, but it was a derby for them. They considered Forest like a rival, and they trashed them for nil, and then they now they lost a a way to Bournemouth after taking the lead. Is the bottom, mm, and then really so helping Leicester, them. Forest, and and Wolves. It's yeah, it's it's just not looking good right now for those teams. And then yeah, in the top six, yeah, Manchester United is in fifth, and then Newcastle is in sixth. And yeah, Liverpool are in tenth, but then they still have that game in hand. Uh, the game in hand against Chelsea, but then they're not gonna play that till next year, so we can just forget about that for now. Yeah so, yeah, so if we're looking at the fixtures, well, I think we also have Champions League this week, but then there's no Mount Watering fixture, I think. But I think, oh yeah, I think Barcelona could could drop down to the Europa League if they don't start winning. I, I don't want any Champions League team to drop down yet. <laughs> I want them to like get to maybe at least you know 
round of 16 and then just got out of the competition entirely. Yeah, but that's not the rules. If you come third in your group, you drop down to the Europa League. <sighs> and right now, there's a very strong possibility that that could happen to Barcelona. Yeah, that game that they lost against... Um, Inter. Yeah, it was... To be very honest, I thought Barcelona did play well. They just didn't have their shooting boots on much. Yeah, well, then they're playing the the next one at home against Inter, so... And I think there was a controversial decision where I think they scored and it was uh, yeah, VAR it pulled it back Fanti, or something. I think there was a handball in, in there in the build-up. That's why. So uh, I don't know about that Well, one. at least one win for them is they, they got the thing sorted out with Atletico, with Griezmann. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, looking at how that whole thing transpired... Uh, just unfortunate. It was just funny. Just playing him for less than 30 minutes just so that they won't have to pay the obligatory fee. But yeah, it's... Yeah, they're, they're also... Yeah, there aren't any mouth watering fixtures in the Champions League, but it's something we'll continue to pay attention to. But it's just... Uh, we're already 40 minutes in, so let's just go to the Premier League fixtures for this upcoming week. Uh, let's see, on Friday we have Brentford versus Brighton. Uh, two teams who lost this past weekend, and both teams want to bounce back. Brentford, Brentford's playing at home. Um, this one's going to be a bit tough, I think. I think Brighton sh- might win it. Yeah, I'll give it to Brighton because I feel like they want to play for their teammates who just had to retire and will be. You know, will be emotionally pushed. But then Brentford need a good result too. Yeah, let's say you know, emotion can make you play better than you are. And yeah, that's Friday. On Saturday, we have Leicester versus Crystal Palace. Uh, God, Crystal Palace. Yeah, Leicester just give you nothing right now. They they literally get battered everywhere they they go at mm. this point. Then we have Fulham versus Bournemouth, the two promoted teams. I probably say Fulham. They seem to be playing a bit better. Fulham will want uh, to definitely bounce back after the West Ham game. They're playing at home. Uh, Mitrovic is due a goal, I think. Uh, would Mitrovic be back? I don't know. Actually, not sure. I, I don't think he'll be back yet. Oh, or maybe he will be. I'm not sure. And then Wolves versus Forest. I think Wolves. We want to use get some points off Forrest as well. Maybe Diego Costa will finally score. Yeah, Forrest are bad enough. I mean, Wolves are also bad enough that this could go either way. Um, or it could be a draw. Um, I'll give it to Wolves, though. And then on Saturday, Spurs versus Everton. Ooh. Um, I mean, uh, Spurs are playing at home. I expect them usually to win this, but then the thing with Everton is that Everton start games well, and and they seem to have energy, and but then somehow they just crumble. You know, after like what twenty thirty minutes, it's just I don't know. I, I'm not sure of this because you know Spurs' plan is just to make just to make sure that they, their goal is just not to lose the game, whether they draw or not. I can see this being another one new win for Spurs. Um, yeah. I don't think everything will be good enough to break down that Spurs defense. That's just how I see it. Because you need a lot of patience and a lot of good players to break down their defense. Hey, maybe another. It will be worldly incoming. <laughs> Possibly. It would be nice. And then moving on to Sunday, we have Villa versus Chelsea. Um, I don't have to give this to Chelsea. Villa are not Villa are not doing the business. Yeah, Villa are not doing anything right now. And then Leeds versus Arsenal. Arsenal. To give it to Arsenal, and then we have the really interesting one. United versus United. Uh, Man U versus Newcastle. Um, this one will be interesting because uh, Newcastle have been playing very well. Although they are going to Old Trafford, I don't think Old Trafford is 
I mean, they did beat Arsenal and uh, Liverpool at Old Trafford, but then they were playing yeah, the counter-attack. Yeah, Old Trafford doesn't have the same fear factor it used to. Yeah, not at all. Like, players know they can get on you. And I think Newcastle will be brave enough to... Newcastle will definitely be brave because, you know, they could have beaten Manchester City. Yeah. And they should have gotten a point against Liverpool. I felt that they were robbed in that game. So, I th- and, and when they played Liverpool, they were playing away. So I feel like they'll be up for this. All Newcastle, all, all the all their players are are really up for it right now. So I think this will be a really really tough game for for United. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I think that's one game I'm really looking forward to this season, this weekend. And then we have Southampton West Ham. Um, West Ham. Yeah, give it to West Ham, man. Finally, Ooh. the big one. Big big one. Like pretty much one of the best games of football we saw last season. It's been the best game for the past couple of years, to be honest. At least yeah. in the Premier League. Now it's Liverpool versus Man City. Well, Liverpool, Liverpool is playing at home, so you know Anfield has their back. Yeah, but uh, so will Liverpool rise up to the occasion, or will City just continue? Your dominance and add to Liverpool's walls. Will Holland continue his dominance and get another hat trick? Because Liverpool's defense is looking so shaky right now. Holland is scoring hat tricks for fun. Um, yeah, the one thing I worry about Liverpool is Diaz is not playing, and he's been pretty much their yeah. best player this season. And, and we Trent don't know if Trent will injury. be back. Mm. So, oh, but yeah. then uh, Joe Gomez is better defensively than Trent. So he might make up for it there. Not not like crazy better, but at least he'll be more solid. Yeah, he's more solid. Position. Um, As it's just that they'll be losing that attacking tr- yeah, uh, the, threat. Yeah, those long balls over uh, to from the right. Salah and them lot. <sighs> Honestly, it's looking long for Liverpool, if I'm going to be honest. The thing is, Anfield does will give them a bit of a push. Yeah, even, I don't want to write them off because that's how so many people were writing Manchester United off. In that, in their game against Liverpool, and you know, because I feel like if Liverpool can like get something out of this game, maybe if they, they somehow squeeze out a win, that could push them on to do something. Hmm. But if they lose, they're gonna. Uh, if they lose, they'll be seventeen points off the top spot, off Arsenal. And forget, like 16 forget points the off top City. Spur. I think the, how many points there will be off just top four on its own. I mean, Klopp has already said that they're no longer in a title race, like officially. Yeah, um, they're only on 10 points. So right now, they're six points off top four. If they lose and in, and Chelsea, Tottenham, City win, that's, you know, that, that just, then there'll be nine points off top four. They'll, At this stage of the league, that's very bad. Um, the thing is I just can't see a situation where I can see them playing well but I, I can't see a situation where um, City are gonna not because even if they score City can come back and score at any second well, you know if their defense remains open like it was against Arsenal and other teams yeah Man City will have a field day I think their defense will remain open because what happened in that Arsenal match was that Klopp kind of gave up a little bit at some point he took Salah off I think he took Jota off I'm not I don't think it's fair to say he gave up because Salah was not having a good game Salah literally did nothing all all day like literally it it, it comes back to the same thing in that Arsenal Tottenham game when people were Tottenham fans were upset that uh, Conte took off their attackers and just brought them more defenders I was like he was trying to make sure it didn't turn into four, five, or six. He knew the game was lost. He knew the players he well, had. That, did not that's have what the I'm. S- that's what club. I'm saying club did because if those attacking players weren't doing anything, the substitutions that he brought in weren't weren't attacking substitutions. They were defensive substitutions. So it's kind of like okay, let's minimize the damage, right? So I'm saying, I'm curious to see what formation and the players that start for Liverpool. Because I don't know if he's going to go defensive at Anfield or 
you know, based off of City's threat or he's just going to try like, let's go gung-ho. And the thing is, the crazy thing is, I could actually see Liverpool winning this game. Like, a 30%, yeah. 40% chance of them winning this no, game. I could see them just this pretty much deciding, that, you know, like, wait a second, we're Liverpool and City has been their biggest rivals in the last couple of years. So, like I said, in a way, we could say that it's a derby. And when it comes to a derby, you, we have to be consistent and say you throw form out of the window. Well, I just don't. Because this is a game where Salah could just remember that he's, he's Salah of old. And, yeah, and, and the thing is, this, the city, the city backline can be definitely gotten at. And you can score goals against them. Yeah, they can be gotten at. I, I think where, where Liverpool have, <clears throat> excuse me, where Liverpool have lost most of their games this season is in the midfield. The midfield has been bad. Mm. And City's midfield has been amazing. Yeah. And that midfield has been supplying uh, Holland, Foden, you know. Um, I'm really curious to see how this game... I think everyone will be watching very closely um, how this game is going to go because there's... Again, it, I think it, it's... It, there's a bigger... Um, it means more for Liverpool than it would mean for City... Uh, to win it, even though City would obviously want to win it. Of course, the City will want to win it. I mean, if City drop points and Arsenal win, then it, that could be. I think Arsenal would be like four, four yeah, points. Yeah, that would be a four point gap, yeah. a four point cushion that they'll have. So, and, and I know City would not want that. Like, like we've been saying so far, I mean, uh, a draw can feel like a loss in this day and age yeah. because of what City have been doing. So this is going to be an interesting, interesting uh, weekend. Yeah, very interesting. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And do you have anything else to add? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, that's it for me as well. Uh, thank you guys for joining us once again. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, bring in next week's episode on time. Uh, so thank you once again for listening to us and we will catch you guys on the next one stay safe out there alright peace bye bye now